Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space, the final frontier. Let's see what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko. Exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get out. Hello, and welcome to Her First Track. I am her. Her is me, and we are Katie. We are Katie. <laughs> yeah, like we are Borg. <laughs> well, we are yeah. Katie. I, yeah. I've become part of the Katie Collective. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Can well, I go? Ironically, ironically, you're kind of going to be joining my collective, though, when you take on my name. Kinky. When we get married. <laughs> <laughs> Within 30 seconds, we don't want this to completely go off the rails. No. Uh, so why are we here today, Katie? Uh, well, today, I'm glad you asked. We're going to be talking about several episodes, including Prime Factors, DS9's The Nagus, and TNG's Data Law. Is that my saying that right? Data law, yeah. Data law. Do you know, it never crossed my mind uh, until like, I think last year or the year before when I saw a, a meme or something. But in America, they wouldn't use the word data as data. That's British. They call yeah. it data. Yeah. So it, data, I think, is called data on TNG because Patrick Stewart was referring to it as data. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because everyone else in the cast, really. That's true. Would have called, would have called him data otherwise. Yeah, that's true. Weird. We'll throw in that little nugget into this. <laughs> I love those <clears throat> nuggets. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show on, well, whatever podcast app you use. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, we are there. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon have a podcasts section now. We're on there. Can't hide from us. Can't hide from us. They can hide the download figures from us, though, can you not for Amazon. Because Amazon don't tell you how many people are no. uh, listening. So I have data for, oh, I have data for all platforms we are listened to on, uh, except for Amazon. And we're doing pretty well, we really. We're doing pretty well. A lot of people want to hear what you think about Star Trek. I can't believe that. They do. They they like it. I always say to you, don't I? I don't even know. Like, I I don't know who would want to listen to me. Yeah, those moments when... Those moments when I have to really... drag you literally kicking and screaming to the microphone to record and i scream like... right up until the uh, action <clears throat> moment <laughs> yeah. um you may hear me trying to clear my throat a lot guys i have amazingly after about six weeks of our son having a cough i've only now received it myself and i have a feeling it's because i had the covid vaccination the first jab a few days ago i got ill for a day or two after that and i think that that then just completely lowered my guard and then the cough got me so i'm trying not to clear my throat when you're talking i know because i'm just like i'm just like oh man i'm gonna have to cut out anything she's saying right now (laughs) i've got a really heavy smoker's cough today and like laugh from like your throat being funny do you remember when i saw you smoking one time the first time i ever caught you smoking i don't smoke Let's just clarify that. No, you that. were, what, what, what do they call it? A I used to be a smoker. social smoker. A social well, smoker. What used to happen is I used to have a drink and then go, yeah, I know how to smoke. I never really even knew how to smoke properly. Is there a right way of doing it? There definitely is because it's what I don't do. I think I was doing it the wrong way. Yeah, I always I... feel like when I hold it as well, I look really stupid. I hold it like Cruella de Vil holds a cigarette, you know, like where most people can just like hold it and just be normal. I look like... I don't think anyone looks normal. A fancy pants Holding person. a cigarette. Really? Yeah. Okay, it's not just me. You know what I find particularly funny is... I don't smoke, guys, neither does Katie, but there was one time like I'd known you for a very long time but then I met you outside a nightclub and you happened to be smoking I was like what Hmm. what is this just to finish that story but I find you know when you see these really the masculine men who really want to push that masculine side of them and they're they're manly men I just love that when you put a cigarette in their hand the movements become a lot more feminine with how they it's so little it's so dainty and you've got to like daintily hold it all delicate and puff on it really delicately yeah i think it uh, it just cracks me up because i just feel like the whole charade or whatever the word is visage of i don't know i'm forgetting facade. words that's the word i wanted yeah. yeah the facade why was i saying charades and, and visage and visage visage meets your face <laughs> does it yeah oh okay so <laughs> it's worrying that i do help foreign people learn english isn't i it? i worry about that all the time <laughs> Put this microphone in front of me and I suddenly forget how the English language works. But you don't really see many people smoking, do you, anymore? No. Most Particularly people... not in lockdown. I've seen... I don't know when I last saw someone smoke. I bet you don't know when you last saw someone. 
Well, that, that's probably more. I do try to avoid that. Yeah. But most people use those vape things now. Yeah, which are really bad for your health. Yeah, apparently. Really bad, apparently, and that's not a shock because you know if something gives off that much smoke from oh when you God, breathe I out know. and stuff, odds are what it's doing to your body isn't good. I'm just gonna put that out there. And the funny thing is with some smokers, and if you're listening to this, I am gonna call you out, guys, vapors, is that just because it's you know allegedly not dangerous to those around you doesn't mean you, if you should stand in a, if you stand in a little tight crowd of people your friends that they want you to be breathing all this like smoke over them i had a guy who used to work for me he was all into the vaping but he would just stand there in these little crowds he'd be around each other talking and stuff and he just he just was doing it and blowing it all over you like you're, you're in his you're in his fucking cloud of vaping smoke or something mm. i just thought that's just bad manners it, it it's like if i just started coughing in everyone's faces but not feeling bad for it you know, yeah, I don't want I don't want your smoke all up in my I saw my grill. One time, I went to a restaurant back in the day. You know when we could do that, and um, I don't remember. No, I know. Right? <laughs> I really um, don't remember. And there was a guy, and he got out his little vapey thing, and he was vaping away, like puffing his smoke everywhere. And someone came over, and they were like, "Oh, hey, um, I'm so sorry, but you're not allowed to smoke in here." And he was like, "I'm not smoking." And she's like, "Well, yeah, you kind of are, though." And he was like, no, the whole point of this is, and I was like, someone clearly really needs his nicotine fix and I can relate, but you need to go outside. And they had like a full on argument. He was like, get your manager. And this whole time he's just like puffing away. I was working in hospitality management when the e-cigarettes were, were all coming along. Mm. And one time I remember my boss going over to someone, confronting him about it. And then when we looked back over, my boss was sitting there laughing with it in his mouth as well. Oh God, come on! <laughs> and we were like, "What the hell?" Come it turns on. out it was one of those. It was one of those e-cigs, um, which I guess were they the precursor to the, the vaping thing. I don't know <laughs> I don't what know. order it was, but uh, a lot of places now you'll notice the signage will say that you're not allowed to vape inside as well. Mm. Because honestly, it's not about being difficult for the people who want to do it. It's from a staff inside of things. If someone is smoking in your venue, your premises, you, you could be in trouble. You could get fines or shut down. And that person who's doing it, they may get a slap on the wrist or something. But if they don't know what it is, and if they have any doubt, if they have any thought that maybe, oh, maybe it's just, it's not a cigarette, maybe it's a, it's just vaping, and they leave it, and it turns out it is a cigarette, and these people could lose their jobs suddenly. Yeah, yeah. So you need to, you need to remove all doubt for mm. the, the people whose jobs are dependent on you not smoking by not vaping or anything in mm. in a place where you shouldn't be. I didn't think we'd be talking about this. I know, right? Uh, it's not on our notes. <laughs> Doesn't this just go to prove that we like barely speak to each other through yeah. the day because we're so busy? So every single adult thought that we've had in the past however many weeks just comes like spilling out like word vomit. You know what's really interesting particularly as well about this is how often do I do opening notes for us when we're doing the show? Never. Never. I never do. <laughs> I don't like once or twice, I think. I've done it on this occasion, and we followed the notes as far as intro, list the episodes being discussed today, rate and subscribe. So the three real key parts of the I'm show we did. I'm just going to go ahead and say from, that I did well. You did well. <laughs> it's the moment that I stepped in. I know, right? Because I said to you, you just do the intro, and you say what episodes we're going to discuss, and then I'll I'll drive us from there. You're, you are knocking words. down that fourth wall, aren't you, right now? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm really uh, taking away the mystery. And then I just completely went off topic. So to get it back on topic... I was going to talk about how bad the weather's been today, hailstones and yeah. such, and I I don't get phone signal in our house, so I had to keep going outside <laughs> to take my phone calls. So at one point I was out uh, in my socks because I didn't have time to get my shoes on. Uh, I was outside in in the hailstones trying to take a an important phone call. Be at one with the earth. Well, I think I have to be barefoot for that really. I think you essentially were. My socks were soaked through. Squelchy. Yeah, um, you are doing the masters now. I am. Started last week. I will be doing a master's in education and I can specialise in a bunch of topics like educational leadership or language and literacy or special needs. I haven't decided which one I'm going to do yet, but I'm very excited because I love learning. I'm also going to study. Yeah. Uh, I start on the 2nd of October, going back to university, as they say, except this is open university, so I'm doing it all from home. And I'll be studying criminology and psychology. I'm so proud of you. I need to get these criminals off our streets. Yes. I need to work the profile, as Criminal Minds tells me. God, this is literally why you're doing it, isn't it? Because no. of Criminal Minds. No, I mean, Criminal you Minds... liar! No, Criminal Minds does excite me every day. Not like in a... Don't be concerned about him, everyone. Yeah. I, or the, me, I'm fine. The thing with Criminal Minds is I sit there a lot of time watching it thinking, this is dark. 
I am really sad that I'm watching this kind of subject matter right now. But then I'm like, oh, but these characters, man, they're so badass. What's the matter with you? You're not supposed to be like that. Not the serial killers. Oh, right. Okay. I don't think the serial killers are badass. I was just thinking, like, God, calm down. Yeah. I mean, this kind of shows are hard to watch as a parent now, actually. Yeah. Because a lot of time there's... Well, I watched one yesterday where a child napping. So yeah, I'm going to do criminology and psychology. So I've not had to write an essay for about, gosh, 15 years now. So that'll be fun, but I'm sure... You'll help me. Or even write them for me. You do that for uh, me? No, I'm not going to do that, but I am oh. an invaluable resource. <laughs> wow, if you do say, say so yourself. <laughs> I don't think I'm tooting my own horn enough, actually. No, no. I feel like you're the dilithium crystals to my warp drive. Oh, are you going to put that in your vows? As I've just come up with that, I'm like, that's really good. Uh, and I also think that may be a t-shirt design, so I'm going to have to do that as well. <laughs> Okay, so we're about to get into this week's episodes. We've rambled on for a bit. Uh, we will be talking about TNG's data law, uh, DS9's The Nagus, and Voyager's Prime Factors. So we will be coming on to those. Before that, just for anyone who uh, is already a patron of our fine show, uh, there will be another after show at the end of this episode. So keep listening if you are a patron. For those of you who want to become a patron and listen to our exclusive after show, and anything else I post in there. You can get the Trekkie package at patreon.com forward slash nerd since 86. The number's 86. Okay, so go there, sign up for the Trekkie package. You get early access to our episodes. As from this episode, actually, it's 14 days early access. How's it, how about that, eh? Um, 14? 14, say what? Two weeks early access to all episodes and get an exclusive after show on last, last time's after show. Um, Sorry, you're, looking, you're laughing looking out because as we look out the window, um, there is one seagull fucking another seagull. I am getting a peep show here. Yeah, yeah. This happens so much. That is like the hot spot for seagull action. And you always seem to see it. I do. I know what your Pornhub.com search history <laughs> probably is. No, I can get it for free. <laughs> now, I actually last year followed because, you know, lockdown was a sad life. I followed the whole cycle yeah we saw them I did. banging we saw them hatching yeah well then we eventually saw them able to fly you know it is a violent act what's going on up there right now yeah i'm gonna so turn away i was gonna look and okay. get ideas but so i need to spread my wings <laughs> flat oh look at him go so i need to yeah so i need to get behind yes mate and flap my wings get in okay um show who's the daddy <laughs> <laughs> who's your seagull daddy you're just saying, Data, that if your duplicate functions, it may answer a lot of questions. Does it appear to have uh, all your parts? Completely, sir. Will... Will we know how to turn it on? All right. All right. Legitimate questions about any of this need not be asked apologetically. You feel uncomfortable about aspects of your duplicate data. We feel uncomfortable, too, and for no logical reason. If it feels awkward to be reminded that data is a machine, just remember that we are merely a different variety of machine. In our case, electrochemical in nature. Let's begin to handle this as we would do anything else. So we're back to TNG, which is currently doing very well in your eyes. We're on a, a good run of episodes right now, actually, which you've last two have said, I loved it. Did it happen again? Let's find out. The next episode was Data Law. Hit us with your... Version of events from this episode, Kate. The Enterprise crew are traveling back to Data's home planet and are talking about how exciting it must be for him. Meanwhile, he's trying to practice how to sneeze because he's like, yeah, I want to be more human. But anyway, they get there and they find bits and pieces of another Data. And they're like putting him back together and they're like, oh, well, if we just take you apart, then we'll know how to put the other one back together and Data's like yeah cool so they do that and then they put the other one back together and it's like whoa another one's alive and he's there and his name is Law so they put him back together and turns out he thinks that he's like the superior being to Data yeah because he thinks he's more human the guy who created him something son Dr. Soon was more focused on him being like more human and, and Law he... claimed that he was second as well that Data came yeah. first but was not good enough basically he's, yeah and then he does like all the contractions like can't instead of cannot so he's like thinks he's better but it turns out that he's like in co cahoots 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 that's what i was looking for with the crystal 
thing that sucks life out of stuff. And that's the thing that actually sucked all the life out of the colonists on the planet. So he's trying to like feed the Enterprise crew to the crystal. But luckily, when they trade places, Wesley figures it out. Yeah, so is Wesley. He's a smart cookie. He is. And he figures it out and he's like, hey. And Professor Picard's like, shut up, Wesley. Which I think is really harsh. And then it turns out that him and Dr. Crusher figure out and they sort it all out. Yeah, they fix it. They beam law somewhere. I assumed into the entity. Yeah, I thought just like into space. The law would survive in space though. Yeah, he would. I don't really know why the crystal thing then just like gave up and then left. I have a feeling he couldn't get through the shields. Okay. Law's plan was that there was going to be a moment where he was going to do something with a deflected dish that would allow just like a split second that would allow the crystal entity to get in. I find it really funny that Law referred to it as that as well, the crystal entity. If you know, you know it that name. well. Yeah, it doesn't refer to itself as crystal entity. If you... It might do if it's that full of itself. I should have called it like Bob, you know? <laughs> okay, so that was this episode. First time meeting Law on mm. the show. Hang on, what do you mean first time? Am I going to meet him again? I'm just saying it's the first time you've seen him. <gasps> I'm going to meet him again! That is a big fat spoiler. That's I thought spoiler. his name was Laura though, so... You did did think when he said his name that it was Laura. I was like, it doesn't really suit you. Yeah, I know. It it wouldn't really go. No. He becomes less threatening if you call him Laura. (laughs) Data and Laura. Thoughts on this episode then? As a big Picard fan, really enjoyed this. Because it was like a little bit of extra when you say yeah sorry when you say picard fan you mean oh yeah i mean the show yeah Yeah, i mean the show really enjoyed it really enjoyed finding out a little bit more about data's origins Mm. and found it really interesting to see something like data but just wasn't it made me love him even more yeah because i was like oh he's just so clinical but then also so loyal you said that after it was done you were like oh i really love data Data. he might be on my list what but he's fully functional in... That's what I found out recently. ...all things, so... Yeah. And Natasha Yar seems satisfied, so... Yeah. Can't really argue with that. Yeah. She seems like a hard woman to she please. She does seem like a hard woman to please, definitely. <laughs> Just saying. So you kind of like the, getting to know a bit of, like, backstory for Star Trek Picard, I guess, then? Like yeah. The, the ongoing attempts by people to create androids that were mm. a lifelike. Yeah, it does add some to you. Was that cool for you, then? Was it, Were you watching it... Because you were quite quiet when you were watching it. Was it like you were taking little bits of information and being like, ooh, that's, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was weird because like in Picard, the show, they spent so long trying to figure out where they've come from and what what's going on with that. So it, it, it felt a bit weird to have it all condensed into one mm. episode. But it was quite interesting for me to see like a lot of Picard must have come from that episode. I yeah, think. and some other ones which um, you'll see as they come on. So mm. you find out bits and pieces about Data's origins as the show goes on, and uh, you'll meet like Bruce Maddox. Oh, from, really? You meet him in okay. TNG, I thought actor. he was just like a name. No, 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 different actor playing okay. him, but you'll meet the character. So there's loads of stuff which will probably inform you ahead of doing another watch of Picard. You weren't too happy with Picard, though, in this episode. Oh, he was mean. Yeah. This was a he, bad episode for Picard. I mean, he didn't take Wesley's... And actually, didn't I say at the start, if anyone will figure this out, it will be Picard. Because those two, Picard and Data, are besties. You cannot come between those two. I don't know if they are at this point, though. Do you think they are right now? Mm, no, maybe I'm thinking of that from like yeah, a that later future feeling, perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I still had faith that Picard would figure it out. But he didn't, and it was Wesley. And even though Wesley was the one who figured it out, he rejected it. And I was really disappointed with that because he didn't even let him finish his sentence. He was really rude to him. And he really shut him down. And then at the end, didn't even apologize. That was a big deal that he didn't apologize, I thought. He should have apologized. Are you ready to return to duty? If I were Wesley, I would have been like, "Um, no, not until I get my signed apology if Wesley had been acting completely out of line it's one thing for Picard to dress him down as he was at one point yeah but to like be shouting shut up Wesley you know if your boss does that in work you kind of leave your job or if you see your boss doing that to someone else yeah you pack you, up your desk yeah you don't want to work for that boss anymore it went past being like the tough authoritative captain I just thought he was a bit of a twat really yeah he was being a real dick and that's what stopped the episode from like flying high for me because yeah. everything else loved it love a good like swap of a twin well Brent Spiner mm-hmm. as the, real the evil data then loved it yeah he was good wasn't he yes did you notice though that Law had a lot of like personality traits that data had in the first few episodes you know when we were talking about the start when... yeah when he wasn't quite sure who he yeah, was yet. yeah yeah so a yeah. lot of that was actually in Law. This was kind of the first episode where Data was kind of Data, I thought. 
like he was very straight faced and apart from the sneezing bit at the beginning it was very much like this is kind of what data is going to be more like going on whereas in a lot of the earlier episodes have had him yeah as we said brent spiner trying to find the character I liked it. and then they took all those little bits and put them into law or laura so i felt like it, they probably defined data in this episode more was this one of the better episodes of TNG so far, then? I really liked it. Yeah. I don't know whether that's because I've had the extra experience of Data and Picard, but I really, I did really enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. Any favourite parts of the episode? I liked all the bits where, like, Wesley was trying to figure it out. Very quickly. Yeah. He straight away picked up on the contractions and the, the facial twitch. I'd like to think we all would have picked up on the facial twitch, but I think the contractions and the speech were something that probably... Not everyone would have picked up on. The Twitch was quite blatant, wasn't it? And that's why yeah. they did it. I was, I was like, why the are they doing it? And then yeah. I was like, oh, okay. We find out that Law was actually made first, not after Data. Mm. So it's very obvious that Law was the bad guy. And Law was responsible for, the, obviously, the deaths of everyone mm. on the planet. So he's just a bad guy. Uh, he's too human, pretty much, was the, yeah. uh, the problem. What did he say in it? Like, he was given all the ambition and the such of a human, but with his brain, basically. And that is dangerous. Yeah, which was like, he could do anything. With Dr. Soon... You met his son on Picard, the one yes. that Brent Spiner played. I don't know if you remember that connection. Ah, his okay, son, okay. So all these connections for you. Oh, so Dr. Soon must have actually made Data in his own image then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I Pretty didn't realise that. Yeah. Okay. Does this make you excited to find out more about Data's origins? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. And I'm also, glad. like, it makes that bit in Picard, like, extra, like, stabby-stabby in the hearty-hearty, you know? Oh, stabby-stabby in the hearty-hearty. Yeah. That's cute. But sad. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, losing your best friend, that that's hard. So it goes without saying then, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? It's an up, up, up. Thumbs up for data law. You are one of my most valued officers. And you are my friend. It is vital that you understand me here. I need you. But I also need to know that I can count on you. You are my counsel. The one I turn to when I need my moral compass checked. We have forged this relationship for years, and I depend on it. I realize you made a sacrifice for me. But it's not one I would have allowed you to make. You can use logic to justify almost anything. That's its power. And its flaw. From now on, Bring your logic to me. Don't act on it behind my back. You have my word. My logic was not an error, but I was. We're going to return to your favourite show so far, actually, looking at how you rate your episodes, Star Trek Voyager. And this episode is called Prime Factors. Would you like to tell us about this one? Okay. What, did you, what did you take from it? My take from it is that Janeway and her little crew meet some people in space who are very, very hospitable. And they've got a really good reputation for being super hospitable. And when they go down to the planet, Harry Kim, being the dirty dog that he is, has mm. met this woman. And she takes him on this 40,000 light year journey by like transporter thing. Yeah. And he's like, hang on a minute. If they can do that, they could send us 40,000 light years closer to home. Which is over halfway. Which is over halfway. It's currently, they're 70 light years mm. away from home. And if they could double up on it, they could double... 70,000. 70,000, yeah. yeah. So if they could double dip on it. Yeah. they get home. They could go 10,000 light years past home. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's the point, but... <laughs> so they ask them and they're like, hey, can we borrow this? And they're like, oh, sorry, we've got this thing that's kind of like the Prime Directive, which means we can't share this with you. And Jane was like, oh, I understand, but that's a little bit frustrating. And then some of the crew decide, actually, we Pushed want it. Pushed by uh, Seska more than anyone. Yes. Yeah, she's a bad person. Yeah. But actually, also, one of the people from the planet is like, I will trade it with your library. Yeah, for your literature. And they love stories. They love stories. Mm. I mean, your kind I of don't people. think it's a fair trade, but whatever and then they actually go behind everyone's back and Tuvok the dirty traitor yeah decides to trade the stories for the thing that's going to make them go 40,000 light years in the future but it doesn't work anyway and then they're back to where they started and Janeway bollocks them yeah Janeway wasn't happy and that's the end so a lot went on in this episode though there was a lot going on so Janeway had almost her first little bit of a fling Mm. with the guy I mean he was very slimy he was a lot do you notice he kept touching her? Yes, it's all And you can see her look at it. 
You could see her sometimes watch the hand, but she seemed to be engulfed in this like vibe of his, though. Uh, no, I see. I didn't get that. I just thought she was being really polite. Polite, mm. and it's like you don't want to tell someone to get off me, but. At the same time, you're thinking, oh, God, I, I hope their lingering touch just, like, moves now. I guess, actually, it's quite hard in that situation because, yeah, you don't know what their culture is. And you need, you want to communicate to them what you're, like, well, we enjoy our personal space and freedom and don't like to be touched, at least not those lingering touches. But you need to find the right way to communicate that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and you meet in a new species, aren't you? So. Mm. You don't want to be rude to them. If no. that's how they communicate with each other, then cool. But for us, it's not really okay. Yeah. But they were going to kiss at one point. Yeah, that was weird. Do you remember when Harry came back to tell Janeway about what was going on? She was about to kiss. He cock-blocked her. Mm. But I think she was grateful, given what the information that came to her. Mm. But as you pointed out as we watched it, she technically still has her, her man back on Earth. Unless he thinks that she's dead and he's moved on. Mm. Which would be so horrible, wouldn't it? If you were never sure where, if you were going to get home... Like, that one guy has got a wife and two kids. Yeah. Why has he not, like, thrown himself against the walls in distress? I mean, having spent a year in lockdown with my kids, I, I bet he's like, freedom! Yeah, he's probably, he's in no <laughs> rush to go back to Guys, the Alpha Guys, do we really need to go 40,000 light years to a <laughs> I think we should go 40,000 light years and that away. Yeah, I guess with space, though, because so many things could happen in space and people could come back. Maybe you don't so quickly assume that they're gone. If you didn't come home for a few days... Or we could see her. At that point, you're thinking, there's, they ain't coming back, something's happened. But in space, anything could happen. It could just be, like, uh, out of a communication range or something. God, you're really quick to write me off, aren't you? Well, but where you are you, gonna, where are you going for two, two weeks? Two three days. But where are you going for two weeks? I don't know. The if Bahamas. not dead. The Bahamas. <laughs> are you kidding me? So you're going for two-week holidays to the Bahamas. You're not even telling me about it. No. And then you're leaving me home with these kids. Yeah. And the cats. Our one cat who's on heat. Oh, God. Are you going to do that to me? No, I wouldn't. No, I'll take thank you. you. I'll take... Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say I'll take the tickets to the Bahamas. Oh, thanks. I realised that you'd come on side at that moment. So. <laughs> so the conundrum of this episode then, the fact that there was this amazing technology actually, which you know Starfleet felt was only theoretical. They're familiar with the idea, Janeway and the crew, but they have never been able to manage it, anyone in, in the Federation. And But obviously it won't be shared with them because they worry the aliens that how would the technology be used? You could invade someone mm. from really far away. You could, you could just literally just, if you man, mm. managed to do it on a big thing, you could take a fleet of ships or a fleet of soldiers and just appear somewhere. So I can understand that they don't want to yeah. have it abused. But so what was it like to see the shoe on the other foot? Which is that, no, Jamie doesn't describe it like that, does she? She says, you know, we're on the other side of it this yeah. time. So she was respectful of it. Yeah, I think she got it. Mm. She got it completely. And like, it's really weird because all the crew were like, um, what's the name? the engineer person Alana. yeah she's really mad about it and well she's not actually that mad about it but the other one is and they're like plotting and they're like they're so mad and it's like you only found out about this like a day ago mm. you weren't expecting this to come along yes i imagine when it came along you were like yay but you've got to just continue as if you didn't come across it yeah but i think this is the problem with this particular ship and and crew because you know half the crew were maquis Mm, they're very and disjointed. Would, yeah, and you know, were ter- well, terrorists as far as the Federation were concerned would just take what they needed really to survive. And so this was like the first real test of Janeway's command over them all. And what was particularly interesting with this was, yeah, you first off saw it was like Maquis people who were talking about doing it anyway. But, you know, Kerry was in there, Starfleet. Mm. Tuvok decides himself that Janeway needs that done, but she can't do it herself and have any culpability for it. I understood why he said that. But as Janeway said to him, logic is a wonderful thing for Vulcans because they can hide behind it as an excuse, which we'll see, we'll come on to that shortly. Uh, but yeah, so Balana wasn't keen to actually go behind Janeway's back. I'm very proud of her. Eventually she caved. I think it was Carrie stepping in that made her cave. Because so I think at first she was like, no, Seska's being... Uh, my key, mm. I can deal with this. But then when Kerry steps in as like the, you know, we've seen him previously as the golden boy of engineering. I think when he stepped in and was like, no, we need to do it. I think at that point, Bellano was like, okay, well, if it's not just Seska saying it and someone on Starfleet side saying it, we should do it. I was disappointed that she went with it. I think she did really well because obviously it'd be super tempting. And I think anyone put in that position would probably jump at it or be like, oh, no, 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 let's not do it. And then be like, Actually, yeah, let's do it. Weren't they talking about doing it even before they heard about the potential deal that uh, guy no, was going No, what make? they were talking about before, wasn't it, was doing the theoretical side of it. Like, expanding on the theory. Yeah, well, that's because they had to tease on it that they wouldn't do anything with it. But mm. they knew it was headed somewhere. But then, 
I was quite proud of her when it started going wrong and she just, no qualms, just blew it up. Yeah, she cut it off. And she then told Seska, because Seska was like, okay, I can just quickly delete the records. No one will know yeah. what we did. Blana was like, no, you won't. We're going to take responsibility and accountability for it. But you know, the sad thing about that is, though, it wasn't all of them doing it. Belana no. said that as their superior officer, as their line manager, she's responsible for it. And she took the hit. Mm. Protecting Seska and Kerry. She obviously told Janeway about it. But if I was Janeway, I would have gone after Seska and Kerry as well. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have left and it also, like that. You can't, someone's, it was almost mutiny, yeah. what they were doing. So in that case, you can't just go after the superior officer. You have to you have to pull in, particularly Kerry, who she had a high opinion of. But I, to be honest... I would have done what Seska did and been like, oh, it was a mistake, sorry. Delete the records. and Yeah. yeah. Not very Starfleet, but the whole thing wasn't very Starfleet, no. so don't worry about it. So Tuvok obviously walked in on them when they were going to try and do their operation mm. and, it turned, and they thought they were in trouble. And it turns out Tuvok was on his way to do it himself. Tech doesn't work. It's like it never happened. Janeway tried doing a diplomatic approach, but realized that the alien guy was never actually going to give it to her. And he was just kind of stringing them along, keep them there. And she really turned on straight away. Mm. And she was out of there, didn't even linger. Janeway out. So what about this final bit then? Oh, now where... this made the whole episode oh, for me. Yeah, so we joined the ready room. Belana is confessing to crimes and Janeway is pretty much horrified by this. But then Tuvok steps up and says, well, actually, Belana wasn't the most senior person uh, responsible. So she shouldn't take the fall. She was me. And Janeway's reaction to Tuvok, her like best bud. She looks like her. she has been slapped in the face. Oh yeah. Well, I think it changed everything for her. I wonder if she, I know she says to Blana that you know I need you on this mission, so it's not even an option for me to take you out of your role. But I wonder if the punishment would have been worse. I wonder if Janeway was compromised the moment Tuvok said he was involved because, as she says, Tuvok she needs him on that journey. Mm. He's like, you know, she emotionally needs him and just as a friend and. And everything. So did Belana get off easier because Tuvok Maybe. was involved in it? Because Tuvok got off surprisingly easy. I thought they both did, to be honest. And like I thought Janeway was going to completely... I mean, to be honest, if that was me, I would be horrified by that whole scene. And that would be enough punishment for me to be like, I am so disappointed in you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that was what she said, wasn't it? She said... Um... She wasn't even, did she even say she was like surprised? She was like, I'm just incredibly disappointed. And you're like, mm. oh God, sorry, mum. That's worse than being angry. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was surprised at that. But she did tell Belana though, one more step mm. out of line, even minor, then Belana will no longer be a member of the, cr- the crew or whatever it was. Basically, or was it you won't be an officer on this mission? Mm. So she'd have to basically sit in a quarters for the whole time, mm. which I mean, that sounds actually pretty, you know, I was just thinking. pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I don't have, have to work. Oh, yeah, probably something better than that. Any day for my whole life, but you have a duty to like feed me and clothe yep. me and stuff. Yeah, I would go for it. Unless she was going to put her in the brig. In but if case. she's anything like uh, Mariner, she might like she it. She loves the brig. Yeah, she's got a cling on fiery side of her. So <laughs> uh, let's talk then about Tuvok and her. Mm. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, she says that Tuvok says it was logical that he should step in for her because he knew she couldn't do it, but she but she needed someone to do it. Yeah. And that she couldn't even approve it underhand. She just needed it done for her, and that was it. And she is like, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. You can you can hide behind logic, but logic is not always right. Uh, sometimes it's wrong, and she just chews him out. And is like, pretty much like, don't you dare ever make assumptions for me again. If you ever have logic that you think will guide your decisions, you come to me with your logic. Don't ever go behind my back. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't don't dare to assume to know what I want and what, what I would do and Tuvok takes it on the chin he does I mean he says doesn't he like I fully expect to be court-martialed or whatever and she's like well I'm not gonna do that but this this whole scene for me kind of showed me why Janeway is captain because at the moment it's kind of like I love her I think she's great but she's sort of just too nice and she's Mm. she's really clever but she's like everybody's mate yeah not in like because there was that episode wasn't there where it showed she didn't really have any friends and being a captain Mm. was really lonely but she's just so nice to everyone and then this whole scene was just like oh that's why she's captain this is like management 101 though because she's got this crew new crew anyway of starfleet officers Mm. that it was their first time together but now she's got to mix them with the marquee and that's a really delicate balance stuck in the situation they're in so it's like be buddy buddy get him on side 
and then eventually started laying down the law. So she's kind of done that. And when the time came, this is probably what the first time where she's really yeah. had to go into effort. And she still did quite delicately, I thought. But it was like, holy crap, I wouldn't mess with it. It just works well, I guess, when pe- when she's so nice. She was in charge. And then she turns. Yeah. And then it's like, ooh, okay. Yeah, that's when you know. Okay. That's those big Janeway balls I always talk about. <laughs> and and she... <laughs> she flashed those balls today. What's interesting, She right? teabagged them with she those did. balls. She did. She definitely, <laughs> definitely teabagged Tuvok by the end of it. With a big Janeway balls. <laughs> with a big Janeway balls, yeah. She owned them both. And I thought Kate Mulgrew was amazing in that. Yeah. And I noticed something, though, which is I've always known was the case anyway. Kate Mulgrew does a lot of quiet voice acting mm. on the show. Whispering, we're going to use the word in this instance, for this reason. Constantly people complain that Michael Burnham is always whispering. Always whispering, can't hear her. People legit say they can't hear her even with their amazing sound system. This, this and this. I'm like, are you kidding me? Man? Hey guys, Psst. Oh, it's not the volume. Turn the TV yeah, up. It's not that though, because <laughs> they've, they've got this amazing... I don't know, Soundbar 3000X. Get the 4000Z. Yeah, that's it, get the 4000Z. <laughs> so these are a criticism of uh, Michael Burnham. But I'm thinking, well, Janeway's been doing this and no one's ever complaining about Janeway talking quietly on the show. So again, I don't want to play it. You know, I'm not going to point fingers, but I'm again going to notice a big difference between Kate Mulgrew and uh, Sonika. But there's a glaring obvious thing as to why people may be picking up. See, I, I have noticed Burnham. before Michael Burnham's voice and I love it. I love the way she talks. Yeah, it's gentle. It's hushed. Yeah, and she never has to raise her voice to be authoritative, no. if you know what I mean. And that's the same with Janeway, actually. They she do, didn't have to raise her voice. They do all. often say, and maybe I need to think about this in my parenting, you know, if you have to raise your voice, then uh, you've lost control of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment you raise your voice, you're out, you've lost control. Yeah, because that's the last step you can take. Yeah. She, she did it well. Yeah, Janeway owned that. And the crew have to carry on yeah. and go. What would you have done? Ooh. So you're Janeway, mm. you've put it out to the guy, the leader again, you know, can we do this? He's probably not going to say yes, but you're going to find out about this offer that someone's going to make on the planet, that they'll give it to you in return for the library. What do you do? I would have got. I would have gone to ask the guy first. Yeah. And failing that, then I would have gone for the... You would have done it? Yeah. Even like as a Starfleet captain? You've got to do what you've got to do. You're... Go get your crew home. Yeah, that's your obligation at the moment. Because even though you are part of Starfleet, you're so far away from Starfleet. You, you have to get your crew home and buy it whatever means necessary. Oh, I'm that's sure interesting if... you say that. I'm looking forward to a certain season finale at some point hmm. later in the show where that's a point of discussion in a way that you're not really... Mike, what would you have done? What would I have done? If, my, if I was following procedure, I wouldn't have done it. But I think the urge is there to do it. But that's why you're the captain. As soon as you say it's okay to drop your your Starfleet principles, because it suited you then, what stops you any other time? As soon well, as you do it once. I think this is why I'm not in command. Yeah, but you always said you'd be like an admiral. Admirals are always evil, yeah, though, but admirals, so that's a good Yeah, point. admirals play dirty to get to where they are. So that is that's true. where I am with things right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm okay with my decisions. Okay, so you would have you would have done it. I feel like they tried to protect the crew a bit. They shouldn't have given them the other option of the deal to get it. It should have been, if they don't give it to us, we're going to steal it. Because that would have really... Because I think when they had said there was, if he doesn't give it to us, this other person's willing to give it to us. But on the sly, it's kind of like, oh, you're kind of protecting Tuvok and Blana Sesco. We should say they're just going to take it. If you're going to go and steal it, that's not very Starfleet. If you're trading it for something they find super valuable and that you don't really give a shit about, what's the problem? But are you then influencing political status on the planet? Because that guy on the planet wanted to be the one to give the literature as he knew it would help yeah, him. Maybe, but that's it, their problem. No, that's not how Starfleet <laughs> works. <laughs> they, would, they would have potentially been like changing the, the balance of power on that planet. Oh, okay. Who knows what could have happened? So what would you have done? What would Katie do? I stand by my story. No. <laughs> Fair enough. So this episode... And then do you know what I do? You know the bit in uh, the credits of Lower Decks where the ship just sort of like awkwardly turns away? Yeah. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> I just pull out of there like, bye! Let the chaos carry See on you later. in your absence. Yeah. <laughs> What's the plan? Just blow up. <laughs> wow, you're brutal. I know. I don't want to serve in your ship I'm, anymore. Uh, I'm from Earth 2. <laughs> Mirror Universe. Mirror Universe. Mirror Universe, yeah. You're a Terran. Mm. Terran Katie. The potential for Ferengi business expansion is staggering. <laughs> <laughs> and, best of all, no 
one there has ever heard the name Ferengi. Our reputation will be absolutely stainless. Our word can be our bond. Until we decide to break it. It'll be the good old days all over again. <laughs> and who shall lead us in this great endeavor? Who else but my father? The Nagus. The Grand Nagus. Yes, yes, Nagus. I thank you for your confidence, but I must decline the offer. But, Father... I'm old. The fire dims. I'm just not as greedy as I used to be. Yes, you are. More so. No, my mind's made up. I've already chosen my successor. A leader whose vision, imagination, and avarice will oversee Ferengi ventures in the Gamma Quadrant. The new Grand Nagus! Quark! So our next DS9 episode for discussion is Season 1's The Nagus. From your perspective, Katie, please, I don't know what the word is... Enlighten you? Enlighten. Yes, please enlighten me. With, with pleasure. With your perception of what went on in this episode. Okay. So, some, like, dodgy, shady character arrives on DS9 and their face is hidden and you said it was the Sith and Looked I was like, like maybe Lord. it's the yep. Sith. Emperor Palpatine. Not that I really know what Sith is, but anyway. Turns out it's a Nagus, which is, like, a really important person in the Ferengi Nagus. life. Yeah, the only one. Is but... there only one? Yeah, he's, like, the leader. Okay. Quark's all like, ah. Oh, let me kiss your scepter and what can I do to help you? And he's really worried that the guys come to buy his bar off him. Um, at a cheap price as well. At a cheap price. he'd have to accept it. Yeah, because he can't say no. No one says no to the Nagus. Turns out that the Nagus actually just wanted to have like a conference in Quark's bar. And then he, in the middle of the conference, is talking about the Gamma Quadrant, how they're going to take it over, because no one there knows the Ferengi. No one knows how dishonest they are, but... They can just pull the wool over everyone's eyes. Allegedly dishonest. Allegedly. They dispute this. Well, he said erroneously dishonest. (laughs) And then he was like, but no one knows us there, so we can just, you know, deceive them later. And it was like, hang on a little tickety-mo. Anyway, in this meeting, he announces Quark as the new Nagus and decides, like, he's going to just step down, go and have a little chill, go on holiday. He hasn't had a holiday in 85 years. That's how I feel right now. So I, I totally get it. And then in the middle of, like, chatting to Quark about it, he just dies. So Quark's like, oh no, I have no advice, I don't know what to do. And people start like plotting against him because they're really mad that he's got the Nagus thing. And it turns out that it's his brother plotting against him and is just about to like chuck him out of the airlock, which Quark threatens to do with him all the time. And then the real Nagus stands up. Zek reveals himself. Yeah, and he's like, hey, this was all a test to see if my son was ready to take over, but he was not. And that pretty much wraps it up. And yeah. Quark was... Saved. Well, we were wondering what he was going to do to Rom, but it turns out Quark admired Rom's... Yeah, he's like, hey, brother, I'm to, impressed. Yeah, to overpower him, and he's promoted him in the bar. And through all of this, obviously, Nog and Jake had a little story. Yeah, I thought uh, that was quite Cisco sweet. didn't want Jake hanging out with Nog. Rom, on the sort of to impress the Nagus... Pulled Nog out of the school, and then Cisco did a bit of spying and sussed out that Jake was actually using their free time to help Nog learn to read, which melted your little heart. I oh, it did. Melted my cynical heart into a bubble of warp core. So the last time we spoke about DS9, um, we were not impressed. Safe to say, you <sighs> consider it probably one of the worst episodes of any of the shows we've watched so far. Of anything I've ever seen ever. Yeah. That episode was Move Along Home. Wow, of anything you've ever seen ever. Well, that might be that. You watch a lot of trash. That's not fair. I thought you were be like, how dare you? <laughs> like what? <laughs> like what? Do I need to start? <laughs> yeah, please. I, I think Let's RuPaul's Drag Race is one of the trash. worst TV shows I've That's ever seen. That's one of the best TV shows I that exists. don't understand anything going on in that show. That's okay. You're not supposed um, to. Oh, that's what they say to make you think it's okay. Though. No, no, it's a way of life. It's a it's a philosophy. No, the show being badly... Uh, I'm not no, getting into no, this now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fight Let's talk about either. the Ferengi. Okay. Um, 
So when I told you as well that this episode was going to be about the Ferengi and, and Quark, oh, God. you were not happy. That's like, great because you made me watch it over dinner and I was like, I can't really get away from this one because I can't be like, oh, well, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, that's why I'm doing them over dinner. So I'm stuck. It wasn't so bad. Okay, it wasn't so bad. So you actually kind of, well, you were really quiet for a large eating. part of this episode. Eating. No, you'd finished eating. You were just into it. So I didn't disturb you at all. Come on, admit it. No, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. And actually, I don't like Quark. I can't bear him. But in this episode, he was all right. I don't think he meant to bear him. Like I think that's how everyone on the station feels about him as well. Like They just can't bear him. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that just shows that I am connected to the characters. Yeah, because yeah, you, keep, you keep criticizing the characters. I'm not criticizing the characters. I just don't connect with them. What do you think of the insight into the sort of Ferengi culture? It was it was quite funny actually. It yeah. was quite interesting, and I I thought with the whole like Cisco and not wanting uh, Jake and Nog to be friends, I was like, wow, that is not very Starfleet. But he was right. Ferengi values and human values just don't mesh, and sometimes it is just impossible to get on with people. But then but Cisco was taught a lesson. He was when he realised that Jake was helping Nog read, and the teacher becomes the taught. Wow, that's deep. I know. Speaking of teachers, it turns out Miles O'Brien has been stepping in as teacher <laughs> for a couple of weeks and he's still he had two weeks left. He would be the sub that you would just bully. <laughs> really? Yeah. You could... You could uh... Or you could have a right laugh with him. Yeah, I reckon you'd get away with anything. I can't imagine he's teaching much. No. To these. Like, there's so many different age groups there. Can you imagine and what, Miles And what, do they do all subjects in one lesson with one teacher. teacher and one load of... That just... I think if we overthink it, as a teacher, that is work. just too much. Yeah. I would just do, like, e-learning with them. I like how they were trying to get... Yeah, why aren't they doing that from their home planets? From their own, like, curriculums? That's a really good point. Well done, DS9, for well, seeing I, into the future. Well, I know it's in the future, but, you know, the writers can only work out what they know. They just probably never even crossed their mind that you could do that. That mm-hmm. you could still enroll Jake into a, an Earth school or Federation school. Maybe he goes to Bayside. Ah, Saved by the Bell. I love the reboot, by the way. What about the plot then? The Nagus, Quark becoming the Nagus. Did you believe that was it for it? Was Quark the Nagus? Or were you thinking, we're going to have to find a way out of this? I thought there is no way I am that lucky that he's going to be leaving. (laughs) So I knew, I knew that wasn't a thing. I thought he was going to give it to someone else, to be honest, because he would have some kind of epiphany that Mm. he wasn't suited for it and that he was too into his bar and his little lifestyle. But it turns out it didn't work that way. But I think if it had, I think he probably would have done that. Because he likes the he way things are going right now. He was happy to give it up. Yeah, yeah, he was really pleased. But Rom and Zek's son, I forget his name at this moment, but the reason they resorted to blowing up an airlock was because they realised that Quark was actually doing things that were going to make him really popular with people. So I think Quark would have made a good Nagus. Yeah, actually, I think the reason that I've warmed a bit more to him is because in comparison to all the other Ferengi, he's actually not that bad. Turns out I just don't like Ferengi. No, I don't get anyone They're just not for me. The Ferengi aren't for you. No, they're not my cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll get on with anyone. (laughs) You will, you actually will. So I think you would get along with them in the end. Yeah, we'd have to be naked around them because they don't like their women clothed. Oh, maybe. But they'd also not because I'm naked in a different way, can take complete advantage of me. Because you know what I'm like? I can't say no either. Like when that milkman came to the door and he was like, hey, want some milk? And oh, I was like, God. Um, maybe. Mm. And then mm. because I didn't say no, milk just started showing up at our door. Yeah, and we've never been invoiced and it stopped coming after about that three trips. That was so, re- so strange. But I would be under the Ferengi's thing. Like they would be trying to sell me stuff all oh, the time. And I'd you. just be like... You'd be out of money straight away. Yeah, here's a blank check. Write any amount. Bye. So what are you thinking of Nog? Yeah, he's, he's sweet. I think he has the potential to turn into a complete dick. Or he could be a nice kid. Because Jake's a really nice kid. What a little sweetie. I think what we're seeing is that Cisco was worried about the influence that Nog would have on Jake. But I don't think he banked on, nor do we as a viewer, that actually it might be Jake that has the influence on Nog. And so Jake could turn Nog into a good one. Yeah. Maybe I know. Maybe I don't. Well, you do, so... Yeah, I do know. No spoilers, please. No spoilers. No spoilers here. Despite your accusations of things. The spoiler guy. Uh, Okay, so this episode, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumb middle. Where are we at? It's slightly above middle, towards good. Towards good? Come on. Towards good. 
I said to you earlier that you are judging DS9 on different criteria to all the other Well, shows. that really is my prerogative, isn't it? No, well, Rough. I'll give you the reasons why it's not like an overwhelming thumbs up. Okay. I hate the Frankie, and I find their voices annoying. I find their mannerisms annoying. So to have like a whole 45 minutes of that was a bit like, ah. God, get used to it. Yeah. Also, I quite liked the little bit at the end, you know, where they were doing like, um, after the guy died and they were like selling off bits of his body and then yeah. they had the funeral. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were selling um, the ashes. And there was sort of like a little bit of a like whodunit sort of thing when they were trying to bomb mm. Quark. I would have liked that to be stretched out a little bit more. Like, I thought that was the best bit. You do like a whodunit. But we I, have I recently had one, though, if you think about it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, okay. I'll take that. Give me a whodunit. Yeah. I, yeah, I enjoyed that because I thought, oh, maybe it's the guy because he's so loyal to his oh, guy. Oh, yeah, that's but what then Odo thought. I needed a bit more suspense, you know. Mm. Okay, you liked it, though. Yeah. So DS9 has... After the last episode's blip, we're oh, back it's on redeemed track. itself. Well, we are back on track. Fantastic. Hosted by Katie Harbin and myself, Kyle West, her first Trek, a Star Trek review podcast, is produced by nerdsince86.com and is part of the holosuitemedia.com podcast network. If you would like extra content from us, including early access to her first Trek episodes, our Patreon-exclusive Her First Trek After Show, where we rank the episodes we've discussed each show, early access to Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast episodes, and much, much more, you can become a valued supporter of our show by signing up to our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash nerdsince86 for more details. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Her First Trek, be sure to follow at Her First Trek on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. To join the holosuitemedia.com community discussion group, simply type The Nexus, Holosuite Media's listeners community, into the Facebook search bar. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast. Okay, well, it's one of those things where, like, you would expect, like, as medical history gets better and everything, like, life expectancy gets longer, just like we experienced in our own kind of world and planet right like it's way better now than it was 50 years ago versus 100 versus 200 so versus 5,000 years ago where you'd be lucky to live to like 30 yeah exactly we'd already (laughs) be done and dusted my friend well or we'd be super old right we'd be like the village elders (laughs) loading holosuite preview program for starbase one the star trek online podcast i don't really think that's a good idea i order you to do it right now Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Star Podlog, the classic science fiction and fantasy podcast. Well, and, and it's amazing read, reading that description of the movie, because if I was going to write a description of Star Wars, that's not exactly what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, but yeah, yeah, it's neat to go back and read these and you're going, wow, that's just, you know, they, they don't really make it sound as exciting there, but they still, I mean, they make it look like, yeah, you want to see it, but, but not for, for those reasons exactly. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.